the Q&A podcast episode 199 sitting right across from me via zoom as always is my pal De Quincy. another one of those episodes where you start and have no idea where you're going huh absolutely I uh I like taking the lead sometimes mm-hmm. but sometimes you have to like you have to be ready to take the lead <laughs> I just don't think I'm ready like I feel like I'm a a rookie quarterback still that Wants to get the starting the starting nod. <laughs> and we've done like this is episode one ninety nine, but of course we've done episodes before that no that a grand total of five people have heard. So we've done like over two hundred some episodes. You think you'd have or team down by now, and yet here we are. Well, I started in Spanish because, like the the plan today is for us to kind of. Uh, it's going to be like a vegetable medley of, of topics for us to talk about, you know, just kind of go all over the place. It's it, we're recording on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon, you know, a lot to talk about, but not a lot in one particular focus that, you know, things that we normally talk about. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to start in Spanish because um, I just, I remember like late last night, I found out the news. Um, <laughs> that I don't know if you heard about this, that James Franco, uh, somewhat disgraced, canceled actor James Franco, has been tapped to play El Presidente himself, Fidel Castro, in an upcoming movie. And there's a lot of outrage by, it seems like a, I don't know how much of the Hispanic community is genuinely outraged, but there are enough people with enough voices out there that are uh, outraged. Not actually the voices I've heard are, are why is a white guy being cast? As I was about Fidel. to ask, are they more upset about uh, James Franco being cast or about the fact that they're making a Fidel Castro movie in the first place? So here's the thing. The voices that I've heard, I've, I saw John Leguizamo mm-hmm. who was outraged. He's like, I have nothing against James Franco, but he's not, he's not Latino. What, you know, this is messed up. Mm-hmm. Also, very liberal as well, right? Yes. And then I saw conservative uh, Anna Navarro outraged because of the, the second point you brought up. The fact that they're highlighting this man, like they're making a movie about this guy who's a brutal dictator for decades you know, and she's so it's like, is this the is this the topic that's gonna bring everyone together, <laughs> left and right? The making of a Fidel Castro movie, I don't know. We'll see, but I thought it was hilarious that he was picked, and then I saw a side by side picture of the two, and this might be offensive to some but i said wow 
I get it. Like, wow, spot on. <laughs> spot on. But, you know. When all, it, when... all I can do is look at the situation from afar. There are some things that happen in this life that uh, um, don't need my opinion on it. And when it comes to the goings on in the Latin community, I would like for your, your people to figure that out first before I say anything about it. Right. <laughs> I got my All you can do is offer, offer support yes. in any way you can. All I do, all I can do is watch from afar my binoculars going, woo, that's a crazy situation. <laughs> Hope they figure that out. They don't need me getting in this. I'm just glad you didn't say that's a spicy situation. Yeah, uh, life would be so much better if people could look at a situation and think to themselves, hey, this doesn't need my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There's so many things out there. So, I, you know, I thought I'd highlight that a little bit. I think it just... It's a very interesting situation. Uh, something that's. Do you think that movie's actually going to get made? Between the outrage about James Franco being cast and the outrage of it being a movie about Fidel Castro, um, what are the chances that movie actually comes to theaters? Man, um, it depends on who's who else is attached to it. Like. Because I saw the notes on the movie and people were talking about, but I don't know anything else. I don't know the movie studio. I don't know who else is in the movie or when it's supposed to start production. I don't know. I had nothing. Well, let's see. It, it could see the light of day. The screenplay was written by Jose Rivera and uh, Oscar nominated uh, Jose Rivera and Pulitzer Prize winner Nilo Cruz. Um, and I think the director is Miguel Bardem. I, I don't know who he is. So, like, obviously there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of other Hispanics attached to this, mm -hmm. to this project. Um, I don't know. I mean, you don't make that, you don't cast this guy if, they don't have a problem with it. So I don't know. It could, could very well see the light of day. And he's not going to be like the focal point. It looks like it looks like it's about his daughter. Uh, it's because uh, the movie is called Alina of Cuba. Oh, uh, oh, well, if he's not the focus for it, then, then there's a pretty high chance it will come out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very interesting, very interesting story. Or not the Cuban thing, not the Castro part, because I, you know, I don't really want to know about how ruth. I don't want to know any more about how ruthless this guy was as a dictator. Um, it's pretty well documented. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think we need to glamorize it with a James Franco and. Mia Maestro, um, who was, I think, like one of his lovers or something like that. Um, yeah, we'll see. We, we it's, yeah, you know, but the uh, whole, the whole, the story, the, the making of this movie itself is the most interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. But we do live in a society where people just want to completely ignore the past. 
Did you see that story on um, TikTok about Airbnb like renting out slave quarters for people? No, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's why am I not surprised? Yeah, um, there's a TikTok guy. He was right now how on Airbnb you could rent out the slave quarters next to the main house. And he, he was showing like the descriptions and like, of course, the review, just a bunch of white people going, oh, it's fantastic. I had a great time next to the main house <laughs> in, in the sharecroppers house. I'm like, you mean the slave quarters? Right. Oh, my God. That's horrific. And that's the kind of thing that'll make white people say, oh, you see, slavery wasn't that bad. They have running water, electricity. It's like, no, the fuck they didn't. And that's, I mean, that's the, the just the most infuriating part is that wherever, whatever those quarters were that they stayed in were probably, were without a doubt, literally a million times better than what they were originally. Yes. But you got a whole movement of white people doing everything they can to erase slavery or make it seem like it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Wow. I did not hear that story. (laughs) Holy cow. Oh, you probably didn't hear about other stories. Some company had um, basically they had a company retreat (coughs) at a plantation I didn't hear that one either. But. And they decided to have a, um, what's it called? Basically like a, um, not a party, was it? But they did like a period piece thing, thing where oh, they wanted people God. to show up and have the antebellum thing back in, you know, like it was in the 1800s. Right. They, had, they have one black employee. Oh, no. This dude came to the plantation dressed up as a slave oh my god like okay context i need context was he assigned this role no he was like i'm gonna show you assholes okay and showed up and basically ruined their good time they had a part of the um of the ceremony where they were like showing off their um their outfits and everything (laughs) All these these women dressed up as you know Southern bells. This man came out there with tattered, <laughs> with came out with um, jeans with the uh, with rope overalls, his hair in the afro, and the um the the sun hat with cotton in his hair. Oh my god! <laughs> he went all out, <laughs> and then like a week later, he got a call from like the head of HR. And he was like, oh, why is the head of HR calling not the normal person who does that? Turns out the normal HR rep he talks to, the whole thing was her idea. She oh, got, my God. She got fired. He got a raise and a promotion, you know, that was just you know, out of the blue, you know, just because right. he deserved it, not because of what happened, you know. And all's well that ends well. We were looking at we were looking at your file, Dave yeah. from accounting. Yeah, you you know, we haven't been paying you enough. You deserve this. Here you go. Oh, my God. This is the most bonkers story I've ever heard. Yes. I heard on the Black Guy Who Tips podcast, and I, when they read that story, I could not stop laughing. I had to play for Tanisha and everything. I was dying. It's like, oh first off, God. 
why would you think that going to a plantation of all places is good for your company retreat? And secondly, why would you decide you want to dress up as period accurate uh, um, people? I believe the pictures are on Reddit as well, so you can find them. Yeah, I just, boy. You, you found it, didn't you? And you find it pretty yeah. quickly. Holy cow. And I know he ruined their time. They're probably like, how come he didn't dress up like a Southern gentleman? It's like, because in the 1800s, I would have been a fucking slave woman. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he posed out in the field. He posts out, yeah. I think there's oh one picture God. he was like carrying the the breakfast. He was like, oh, gotta go take this to the white folks. Like he oh, went, yeah, he went all oh out. God. He showed his whole ass and I could not be prouder. Like, I hope he talked with an accent the entire time. But I don't know, sir. Massa, I can't read this book here. Oh, that's a fancy telephone you got there, sir. Oh, my God. Master, this is unbelievable. Master said, I got to pick all the cotton before the sun comes down. I hope he went all out with it. And then I don't even know. Did he put the company name? Because I would like for him to completely embarrass him. Well, uh, let's see. All right, this podcast. We start off with a little bit of the racism, right? Uh, it doesn't look like it. I'm looking mm -hmm. at the uh, screenshot of his uh, his his uh, Reddit mm -hmm. post. Uh. Yeah, it doesn't look like he. Doesn't look like he posted the. Uh... I mean, you can find out pretty quickly just if he's got if his name is out there, like attached to his. Uh... If the name is attached to his, his profile. Oh, my God. There's a picture of one of the one of these ladies in like her nice formal southern dress. <laughs> she's posing like she's posing for it on the steps, and then the next picture, he's in the picture with her at the bottom of the steps, and she looks her her she goes from a big showing off my dress smile to a, oh my god, <laughs> we're fucked. Yeah. I mean, why would you do? Well, I know why why people do that. They think that um, every era was great, and it's like, oh, that was only great for certain people. You see him in the car, like he's driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> My God, th this is astounding. Attendees were encouraged to dress in period appropriate costume ball theme. And he was like, okay, I got you. No shoes. 
string, the suspender, a straw hat, 10 out of 10, no notes. Perfect. <laughs> Only thing I wish he had done. Put him on complete blast. Yeah. I want but they, I mean, whether it's obviously if it's whether it's right or wrong, they would have found a way to get rid of him mm-hmm. if he'd done that. So, like, you can take it to a certain, you can take it to the line, but like, you know, but then at the same time, it's like, do you want to work there anymore? Like, I don't know. I mean, you take the raise and the promotion and you can put it on your resume for your next job. Right, right. So it's like, well, I'm not taking anything less than this anymore. Yeah. So. That's what I'd say. Holy mackerel. And you just know there are people in there talking about, oh, Daryl ruined all the fun. We can't do anything. Darren from accounting. Yeah, he ruined everything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he ruined y'all completely racist ass time. How dare mm-hmm. he? They canceled the rest of the party, it looks like. Yeah, they canceled the rest of the party, and the CEO who was supposed to um, show up never did. Nope, 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 mm-hmm. nope. Turn around. Uh, let's uh, go ahead and turn that car around. Yep. Someone called and said, hey, um, boss, you may want to just go back home. <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the parking lot, and he's like, I, in the driveway, I think we have the wrong address. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we should We should go back. It's bad enough, but if you show up, it's about to get hell. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going down. Because if the CEO shows up and they get a picture of him, well, then you know what company <laughs> it is. Well, then you know what company it is mm-hmm. pretty quickly. What the hell did they think he was going to they weren't thinking. It shows and they like, weren't considering. I mean, that's plain and simple. Racism isn't just hating black and brown people; it's also not even considering them, because right. they never even considered the fact that he would be offended at this company retreat at a plantation. Mm-hmm. And you have to consider. You have to start considering. Will this get out somehow? And is will this be a good look? Mm-hmm. Reflect. Will this be reflective, poorly or ne- or you know, positively on our company? Hmm. I mean, they're just lucky that you know the name didn't get out yet, yeah. at least. Boy, I swear, white people want to go back to the past so bad. I'm like, why do y'all want to do that? Hmm? Hmm. Yeah. Explain to me why you think this was a good idea. Yeah. Man, oh man. Well, anyway, let's move on to our whatever topic. Like you said, well, we, we got a smorgasbord of things to talk about. We were say I, I started with the movies just because you know there was that was a big thing that we we're gonna talk about. And then I just added on to the racism. Racism. Continue, right? But to be more lighthearted, mm-hmm. I guess, um, and lighthearted with faux like uh, 
there's actually there are actually more important things in the world <laughs> but still i mean you know show outrage uh lighthearted outrage behind uh the other casting announcement that was made this over the past week that uh-huh. jake gyllenhaal and conor mcgregor have been cast uh in the remake of one of my favorite movies of all time roadhouse we just have no ideas anymore, do we? Completely tapped out. I I haven't seen Row House. I don't know. If you I haven't, remember. you should. It is one of the greatest, cheesiest movies of all time from the 80s. Um, and like, it's the, I tell you, I tell, I tell this to everybody. It's the one movie, and we all have that movie, right? Mm-hmm. The one movie where, whether it's 10 minutes in or there's 10 minutes left, and you come across it on television and you have somewhere to be, those people that are waiting on you are going to have to wait a little bit longer because I'm going to finish the movie. Yes. We've all got that movie. And for me, that's Roadhouse. Right. I can't tell you how many times I've been late to things because I'm like, I'm going to finish this. <laughs> your own child gonna be born you can be like hold on baby <laughs> right. Roadhouse. last 15 minutes of roadhouse is on baby <laughs> that part where <laughs> with patrick swayze and, uh, and sam elliott i'm not missing that again as soon as she got a hospital she gonna kill your ass anyway <laughs> yeah it's a remake with who'd you say got cast it Jake Gyllenhaal and Conor McGregor. Can Conor McGregor act? Do we know this? We're going to find out. Or somebody's going to find out because I'm not watching this movie. I'll be watching the original <laughs> when this new one comes out. Like, how many UFC guys have actually act, acted anything? I remember Ronda Rousey was in The Expendables. I don't remember her being some tour de force. And Fast and Furious, one of them. And that's the thing. Her performance and performances in those movies apparently led her to not being attached to this very project. She was supposed to be, many years ago, like in 2015, they announced she was going to be the lead in the Roadhouse remake. And it never got made. And pretty much just got forgotten about. And here we are seven years later and it's revived, and it's no longer starring Ronda Rousey. It's starring Conor McGregor and Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, Conor, what has Conor McGregor done to make people think that he can act? Um, pretend he likes fighting anymore. <laughs> I mean, like, would you say promos? Okay, promos. Promos, I mean, yeah. We've seen many a wrestler do promos who can't act to save their life. Like, But do you want sidetrack? One of the most interesting things that act that pro wrestlers talk about mm-hmm. when they do book movies is how it's how weird it is that they get to do multiple takes because they're so used to it. You got to do it live. You got one shot at it. You know, mm-hmm. hey, we're live, pal. Yeah, you get one shot, and that's all you get. So and all of a sudden, wait, you mean I get to do this again? That's so weird. You mean it's okay if I mess up? <laughs> right. 
I'm not going to have some 77-year-old man throw shit at me. <laughs> right. Yeah. But this movie, like, I don't, I'm not going to watch it. I'll be honest with you. I of course will not. watch the original set. Like, it just goes back to what I said before. We just don't have any original ideas. Yeah. I feel like like we got to remake this for, I understand remaking things for a new generation, but can you, is it going to be good? be terrible like you're gonna remake this movie and, be, and <clears throat> you're one of your main characters you're not even sure he can act like i right. feel like that is a big thing that you need to figure out before you start filming <laughs> i look in the original terry funk was like not a main attraction in the movie mm-hmm. or you know one of the main characters in the movie but his presence was enough like his presence was felt enough in that movie where it's like, whoa, if you're a wrestling fan of the 80s, you're like, whoa, that's Terry Funk. And like, you know, he didn't, he didn't have a lot of lines in the movie. He wasn't even second on the, you know, on the call sheet. But, you know, it's a, like, it's a big deal to have a legit, you know, tough guy mm-hmm. cast in your movie for this. Well, that's a problem because no one sees Conor McGregor as a tough guy anymore. He's lost right. too much. It's like when Ronda Rousey got her ass knocked out a couple of times. It's like once you lose that that star, that sheen, it's gone. Yeah. There's no going back. So it's like, but to have this guy that's never acted before, um, you know, you know, the only reason why you do this is because he, he brings a lot of attention. He draws a lot of attention. He's going to bring a lot of eyeballs mm-hmm. to the, you know, to the project. But is it really worth your, your own reputation if you make a terrible movie? Yeah. And what role you know, if you're a writer or director? What role is he going to be playing in the movie? I mean, who knows at this point? Like one of these guys is going to be taking Patrick uh, Swayze's role. Which one is that? Jake Gyllenhaal, definitely. And it's a reimagining, so it's like Jake Gyllenhaal plays a retired UFC fighter. Like, the, like that's such a slap in the face to other mixed martial arts organizations. You know, up and coming promotions like we're we're the stars in in the ufc start they all start it's like you know like being on the indies like in Mm -hmm. pro wrestling you're completely neglecting the fact that those exist that fighters fight in barnyards and you know small theaters before they make it to the ufc so instead of calling him a retired mma fighter they call him a retired ufc fighter so he take and it's a huge step back if you're a if you're a former UFC fighter and you're taking a job as a bouncer. Like usually, the progression is the is the opposite. Like, so you know, like he gets hired to clean up a, a rough bar in a rough part of town. Like that was the original idea as well. I'm I'm not gonna see it. I don't even need to talk about this anymore. The one thing, the one saving grace is that if it's, if there's, if there's any, um, if there's any saving grace to this, like anything that's going to help this movie, 
And and the reason why I brought up the Castro thing as well is if there's anything that's going to save those two projects, it's going to be the two stars. It's or it's going to be the guys that are surrounded in all this controversy. It's going to be James Franco and it's going to be Jake Gyllenhaal because both of those guys are out of their minds when it comes to acting. Jake Gyllenhaal is, you know, he's damn near uh, a method actor. He's not on the level of Daniel Day-Lewis, of course. Nobody is because nobody else <laughs> demands being called President Lincoln when, when the director says cut. Apparently, I, I don't know. But Thank God. But Jake Gyllenhaal, like, he's an intense actor. Like, he dives deep into these roles so you know he could he could make it interesting i don't know i don't know someone's gonna have to let us know because i'm not ever gonna <laughs> see this right. and i don't think you're gonna see it anytime soon either well of course not hmm. and so you know i bring up these two projects because it's very interesting to see how Two projects are being made while at the same time we're seeing projects getting completely washed away. Oh, are we here to talk about DC? I think now's your time to shine, my friend. All right. So Warner Brothers Discovery, they're up to some shenanigans. I guess that's the best way to put it. Canceling (laughs) the Batgirl movie, which is just about finished. I think the only thing I have left to do is pro, uh, post-production because they're already showing um, uh, the movie off to their um, to audience. Um, it, the movie's never coming to theaters. It's not coming to HBO Max. And then to add insult to injury, they're doing all this crazy stuff with HBO Max and um, the Discovery Plus apps. Next year, they're going to com- combine both apps they're talking about how they're going to get rid of like 70% of like the written um, scripted programming on HBO Max just destroy the animation uh, part. And I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. That's before you even start with the whole, oh, we have a 10-year plan for our DC superhero movies. But I, I was like, I thought you guys already had a 10-year plan with the Snyder stuff. <laughs> like, I'm glad you realized that that stuff wasn't that good and you decided to switch. But it's like, this will be the third time that they've um, decided to change directions when it comes to their DC movies. The first time was after um, the Green Lantern movie that bombed. And, and then after everything went down with Snyder, and now this, mm-hmm. like, I have no idea. Like I don't know what's the plan. The plan is we have no plan. I think I heard that in a movie once. Like I don't know how do you make people feel confident in your products when it doesn't seem like you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it's amazing how it really is amazing, like the difference, the stark contrast between Marvel Studios and DC Warner Brothers, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Marvel was able to, you know, navigate those waters even while they were being bought out by Disney, right? Like, 
it just seems like DC has never been able to get it right with all these different hands changing, you know, uh, you know, with, um, with the buying and selling of all these properties, like that it's, I don't want to give them a pass just because of, of that. But at the same time, like DC is just in a weird position being attached to a major company like Warner brothers that is constantly, it seems like they're every other year they're, they're changing owners and being sold and buying this and selling that. And it's like, so much chaos it seems like within that company the biggest thing when it comes to warner brothers it seems like they're ashamed of their dc comics division a thousand percent it feels like that like the comics are weird all comics are are weird we have to accept that but it feels like marvel is willing to to live in that truth meanwhile dc they're trying to do this tough and gritty and do make it realistic. But I'm like, that's not what your comics are. Mm-hmm. I mean, when your your most famous comic involves a billionaire running around the streets of a city at night, beating up on a, on a, a clown, a penguin and a, a Harlequin, like this shit isn't super realistic. Stop living in that. Like, wait, it's not, no, it is not <laughs> like have fun with it. It's like they're like, they're all, they're ashamed of this. Like it has to be adult. It has to be like super realistic. We can't have the the fun that Marvel has. And it's, it's like it's one of the things that kills me because they can't even do Superman. It's like how in these time in America you can't put together a Superman movie. It's just it baffles <laughs> me. Right. Like Superman is supposed to be about you know truth, justice, and um. Well, not the American way, because I believe they changed that tagline. But like being the best of us, and no matter what, and like you can't do that now. Like what the hell? Yeah, I, man. That's it. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get, get it, it all. Like, and you 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 hit it on the nose, in my opinion, with like the idea of like the they're ashamed of these of comic books and and whatnot it's so weird that 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 stigma still exists man like we see how much these movies can make for studios it's like why not embrace the products that you own the 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 entities that you own and go all out man in the end, it would be worth it. Yeah, because you're super. If one of your movies can make a billion dollars, as we've not seen even a, not multiple. even a billion. Like I'm not even trying to get a billion. Let's just make like four or five hundred. Let's do something like that. Let's not like <laughs> like every movie, every comic book movie. The dream shouldn't be oh you have to make a billion dollars because that's kind of where the problem with Marvel well people. And uh, have with Marvel right now, it's like, if the movie doesn't make a billion dollars, it's a failure. It's like, okay, how many movies make a billion dollars, period? Right, and that's the thing. Marvel has had multiple movies Mm making a billion. Yeah, I'm saying So if you could even get one of your movies to do that, like, that's a a huge win. 
Look, let's not, not even worry about money. To take the chance on that. Let's not even worry about money. Let's just make a good quality movie. Can we do that? Oh, come on now. You crazy? The best movie that they've had in the DCEU. I want you to take a guess. What do you think the best movie is? DCEU. Yeah. Uh... Basically from Man of Steel on. Uh, it's gotta be Shazam. Thank you. You, you know it. You know who <laughs> didn't know it? Warner Brothers, because they didn't even market that movie correctly. They didn't. Like that movie should have been marketed as a family movie where you know the kids finally get you know it's something kids always they want to grow up and they want to be an adult and everything. So it's like the movie should have been marketed as a coming of age movie, family movie, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. It's was barely marketed at all. It was loved by critics, loved by people who got to see it. But if you didn't know, like you didn't, you didn't go see it. And a lot of, let's be honest, a lot of DC fans aren't really DC fans. They're Snyder fans. So it's like, oh, this isn't dark and gritty. We just thought what we want. So it didn't get the, it didn't get any of the respect it deserved. Mm-hmm. But it was a it's the best DC EU movie. No and offense to no offense to Wonder Woman. If you watch that movie now, that movie kind of falls apart in the third act, being honest. <laughs> and now the magic is gone in a sense. Like they're they're doing a sequel, which you know is the game that's that's nothing new. That's in the history of cinema. If a movie is good and popular and does well enough, we're gonna make a sequel. But no the problem with that yet. is it did the first if the first movie would have got the um would have got the ads behind it and more people would have got seen it, it would have got a sequel a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a movie where it needs to um sorry, it's a movie that needs to put a sequel together fast because it has kids involved. Right, so right. It's like a Stranger Things. Them kids are going to uh, have their own 401ks and mortgages. If Five they don't shadows. Yeah. You don't hurry up and get into it. And it's the same thing with Shazam. Like, I, I, I'm glad it's getting a movie. I hope it does well enough to get a third one. But it's just a, a failure of DC, Warner, well, I say Warner Bros. not believing in their product. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I look at it as a business as well, man. I'm, I'm looking at you. You have brought out all the great points, but also, you know, financially, it's like, how did you know? If you don't in that, who was in that first movie, right? It was Zachary Levi mm-hmm. and a few other folks that, like, I don't know a lot. I don't know enough actors and actresses in Hollywood these days. But had you had marketed correctly, like you've been saying. As good as that movie was, you probably could have doubled what you made and and did it without like a really big name. And mm-hmm. now for the sequel, again, the kind of the, you know, the the magic is gone because like you're gonna rely heavily on big names. And that's what they're doing in the second one. I mean, look who's look who's attached to the sequel. Uh, I love that because the director came out and said, We got more money and we spent it all. <laughs> exactly like they were not kidding like i think it's going to do great I, I think it looks the trailer that they put out at san diego comic-con looks great mm-hmm. i'm just wondering again is it going to get the marketing that it needs 
Well, it has to now with Lucy Liu and uh, Helen Mirren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, big name actresses that are attached to this movie. Like, it's going to have to. But imagine had that, that first one gotten the, the, the treatment it, it should have received, the promotion it should have received, and it did well to do big numbers with a relatively, no offense to Zachary Levi, because I know he's, his body of work is mostly television and you know, he's been around for a while. But if you can, anytime you can make a movie with a cast of relative unknowns and make a lot of money and make a good movie at that, that's a huge testament to mm-hmm. everybody involved and should give studios confidence like, okay, the people that are doing this kind of know what they're doing and they can, you know, it's like with uh, Jordan Peele and his horror movies. Like, they took a chance on this guy, a comedic actor, really. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he was known for his comedy before that. And he's putting out three incredible horror movies that grip people and people want to see and go, you know, are invested in. Yeah. And that never happened if they hadn't given the opportunity. They just yeah. said, oh, he's just a comic um, comic actor or director. He doesn't know horror. I mean, you would have missed out some amazing movies. Yeah. Well, like I guess they're the Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Discovery, whatever the concept. They just don't have any faith in their comics. It's like they're, like I said, they're ashamed of them. Mm-hmm. And that that stigma should be should have been long gone. Mm-hmm. With the way Marvel is, everybody in Hollywood is is attached to Marvel essentially at, at some point. Yeah, I told my brother it's crazy how. Uh, DC Warner Brothers, they can't get a Superman movie, but Marvel made us all emotional over a talking raccoon and his tree son. <laughs> yeah. So do you Brothers, think, oh, go ahead. Do you think at some point this Batgirl movie will ever? Or are they already burning the, the server <laughs> on which the movie has been stored? It's not film anymore. It's all computers and servers and you know the clouds. They said that the movie's never come in the air. They also said that they want to work with the cast and crew again to make a movie. But if I'm anyone that worked on this movie, I'm like, why would I trust you? If I'm Michael Keaton, I'm like, look, man, I'm old. Mm -hmm. It's leather. You know, I gotta put on this leather suit again. Like I'm You've already got me to put it on enough in my 60s. Like, I can't be doing this too much longer. I'm not going to do this too much longer. It's very uncomfortable. It's hot under here. Like, why would you, why would you trust them at all? Yeah. Like, if you're a director, why would you even believe anything that Warner Brothers Discovery has to say? Right. Like, they'll, excuse me, they'll, see your movie, the size not good enough and they'll never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't try. I wouldn't believe him. Yeah. But I, don't, I don't know because it seems like the direction they're going, it's going to be more Batman, maybe a, super, a Superman movie mm-hmm. five years down the road. And I don't, I just don't know what the hell they do with the properties they have now. 
if you're talking about every movie has to be quote unquote a blockbuster, like you're not going to get that because people th- don't trust you. Do you think they've given up on Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman? You know, I don't know because I didn't even see them talk about Wonder Woman one time. Mm-hmm. And I know Patty Jenkins, Jenkins has spoken that she wants to make Wonder Woman 3. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see it even though, you know, I had my issues with Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. I would like to see what they come up for with the third one, but I just don't I have no faith in Warner Brothers to actually produce it. Right. So yeah, if I was a, if I was a guest right now, I I would say there's like a, maybe a fifty. I'll say it's a fifty fifty shot. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. I know we talked about the we talked about the, uh, the trailer or the the preview mm-hmm. the last time we talked about when we were talking about the Comic Con. Uh, panels and things like that. So I don't want to talk. I don't. I don't think we should talk about the actual content of the trailer. But really, what I think my big question is: Do you think Dwayne the Rock Johnson has reservations now about being involved with any of this? I mean, if you're anybody, you have to. Mm-hmm. Can you see what they're doing? Basically, if if they don't feel like it's one of their Temple, temple character, someone who can get the people to come out to the theaters. They're not gonna make the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, we, they canceled Batgirl. There's always there's already talks about all the stuff that they had talked about making after the Batman movie, like the Gotham PD show or the Penguin show. Like that's been canceled too. It has. There are rumors. I'm just saying there are oh, rumors okay. that stuff been canceled. We're not 100 sure. Um, for all my fans of Young Justice, I hope you. Um, I believe this stay is, strong. Yeah, stay strong. We might be getting a season five. We may not. Um, the third season of Harley Quinn just started. I. That might be the last one. <laughs> I. I have no confidence. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we're here a year from now and. Instead of talking about HBO Max, it's the Discovery app. Like they folded HBO into it, mm-hmm. and the only HBO shows you get are the ones that are actually on HBO, like Euphoria and the um, new um, uh, Game of Thrones show is supposed to be coming out. Like all that HBO Max original stuff, I think that's gone. Mm-hmm. I think the only HBO content you're going to get on the app is stuff that actually comes on HBO. Wow. And the biggest reason I think is because doing all the um, reality TV shows that they have on Discovery, like um, what's Property Brothers or House Hunters, that shit like that, it's so much cheaper to do than scripted stuff. Yeah, so I think it's just a cost cutting uh, measure. Well, the Property Brothers show, it's like two guys get rich off that show mm-hmm. and like, they're brothers <laughs> like yeah sure you have to pay the cameraman and the mic guy and all that stuff but you don't have to pay writers no uh, 
So I, I think that's, that's what's going to happen. We're going to see less scripted shows. You might, if you're lucky, get like one or two on HBO Max what or whatever they call it next year. But all the stuff that you see going on right now, the stuff they've canceled or the movies that they've already taken off, that's gone. That That's over with. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. And that sucks because there are a lot of things on HBO Max right now that are little independent things that need a platform. Like mm-hmm. you would never see them anywhere else. And now they're just going to take that away and take away people's opportunity to make art. <sighs> That's just what I see right now. I just see a bunch of white guys at the head of HBO Discovery that care more about profits than actually making good shows and good movies. Sounds like it. I actually Googled to see what um their um what their stock looked like. It has dropped like um Thursday it was at seventeen dollars. Friday it was fourteen dollars. Uh, a uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. What's the ticker symbol? Uh, WBD. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Drop almost three dollars on Friday. Yeah, I'm gonna look. Now I'm curious about that. The Penguin show. I'm actually gonna look it up. If you're Max. The last thing I see on here is an update back in July. It was Colin Farrell saying that it was supposed to start filming next year. Mm hmm. Oh, and then six days ago, Matt Reeves says Matt Reeves won't be directing. I think he's just gonna be like the um like one of the producers. But still, I wouldn't be too confident that shit actually coming out. I love the stories. HBO's impending demise. Like, Will your favorite TV show movie survive? <laughs> she was like, yeah, I have no idea. And my question is, if, like, say, Peacemaker, for example, if that show doesn't get a season two, they cancel it, like, is will that show, like, season one, will that survive the move over to 
the HBO Max Discovery app merger? Mm. Or would it be something like, oh, you've got to go out and get on DVD because or else you'll never see it again? <laughs> Man, that's it's I don't know. It's hard. That's a hard call to, to make, man. I mean, I was I was gonna jokingly say they could even put it on just put on YouTube and then just completely, you know, water it down for content. But that's still a cost you have to. Because you know. I'm I'm reading this article right now. They're showing a bunch of shows and movies that have already just up and disappeared. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I already talked about Batgirl. They had an animated sequel planned for uh, Scoob. That's gone. Right. Uh, several made for HBO Max movies, such as Charm City Kings, An American Pickle, The Witches, Moonshot, Super Intelligence, and Lockdown gone. There was a LeBron uh, James produced remake of House Party that was supposed to premiere. Nope. And then some, and that was all the movies, all these other shows. Uh, the part of the show is Vinyl. That was, pro- <laughs> that was produced by Mick Jagger and Martin, Martin Sorsese. Oh, that was years ago. Yeah, and that's gone. Here and Now gone. K Street by Steven Strodelberg and George Cooney gone. Like, and then they have shows on here like, oh, well, uh, there's some endangered ones too. Like, I don't think this sucks because I don't think Harley Quinn's coming back, Doom Patrol. Like, there's a lot of TV shows on here that are part of the DC Comics um, world that just not going to exist. Mm-hmm. Like they're this is gonna be the season finale. It's like that's I'm really worried about Young Justice. I know they they wrapped up season four. We're talking about comeback for season five, and of course they left it on a cliffhanger. I don't know if they're getting a season five. So you I didn't know there was. They were. They had already had five seasons of that. No, uh, four. They just four. finished four a couple months ago. So they had two seasons on Cartoon Network, then it got canceled, and then it took like over a decade for it to come back <laughs> on HBO Max. And it had seasons three and four, and now like we're, everybody's waiting for season five. But it's like, oof. what? Uh, who owns Titans? Like, isn't that a uh... Oh, that's on HBO Max. HBO Max. Mm-hmm. That could go by the wayside as well. Then. Yep. Okay, it's going to be a bunch of shows to show up as um. It's just going to be a bunch of reality TV shows. Watch. Yeah. And then they'll turn around and wonder why people don't watch their app anymore. <laughs> and I know I'm over talking about all the shows on HBO. Let's not forget there are some shows on Discovery Plus that probably should be looking over their shoulders as well. So. If it ain't involved shark involving sharks, 
If it's not a reality TV show, there's a good chance it will not be on <laughs> the the combined app coming next mm-hmm. year. <sighs> it sucks, because I, I, I have HBO Max. I watch shows like Harley Quinn, like Young Justice, and the movies that come on there, and I'm I feel like that's another app that's gonna go to the wayside soon, just like Netflix did for me. Yeah. Did you get rid of Netflix? Yep. You cut the cord on that, huh? Yes, sir. I think I'm getting ready to do that as well. I think I'm <laughs> really I'm waiting for my my parents to watch Stranger Things on my account so I can just close it out. <laughs> you got to text them and be like, hey, y'all, y'all got two weeks to watch this before <laughs> Before it goes away. <laughs> well, to you know, to their credit, they they are avid Astros fans, so mm-hmm. they they don't miss a game. So a lot of their time, all of their time, you know, their TV watching time is dedicated to the to the Stros at present time. But tell so y'all yeah. got two, y'all got two weeks, and then y'all gonna have to illegally stream this, <laughs> right? Yeah, so I gotta give him a nudge. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, walk up to him like a carrying cross and go TikTok, old man. Oh, I like the segue. We could have gone either direction there. Oh, I did not plan that, but hey. So what? What'd you think? Um, I was surprised. Uh, if you don't know, we're talking about uh, Karen Karen Cross and Scarlett made their return to WWE programming uh, this past Friday. Um. I thought it was crazy because I had just seen the rumors like that Friday morning that Triple H was thinking about bringing them back, and here they are. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess I'll just have to see how what goes on with Karrion Cross because he was booked so badly when Vince was in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested in seeing what happens with him with Triple H and um, as head of creative because Triple H made him like basically the super boss in NXT. Right. So we'll see. I'm glad to see he he has um, Scarlet with him. That makes all the difference. He has his um, original promo intro music. Yeah, I mean, he's got his girl with him, mm-hmm. too. I mean, I mean, so far, like, I'm marginally interested. Mm-hmm. I just can't get out of my head the way that all those five foot seven wrestlers barred his ass up while he was champion NXT. <laughs> like that promo Adam Cole had on him. Yeah, oh, yeah. basically, like they're giving you everything to be cool. They gave you the music, the intro, light, the smoke, the girl. When they want Adam Cole to feel important, they just ring the freaking bell. And like, you just let that five seven midget just talk shit to you. And you just stood there and take it. How can I respect you? <laughs> and then I think one other one people overlook when Johnny Gargano was like, "You're not worth. You're not good enough to lace up my wife's boots." True. Like, 
I mean, it's going to take a while to get that taste out of my mouth. <laughs> you let these midgets just talk shit to you while you stood there and said nothing. Well, oh, I think they're oh, hoping I'm sorry. that wrestling people... little people. I don't want to be offensive to. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, you have to bleep those instances out. I ain't bleeping nothing out. Oh boy. I know. I, people should know that I make mistakes and am infallible just like they are. So I don't. Oh. Unless it's something where we're like talking about someone and we need to bleep out their name for safety reasons, I'd rarely edit anything like that. No, you you have to say that you're fallible. Mm, oh, you called yourself infallible. I'm sorry, I'm fallible. See, <laughs> there you go. I just messed up again. Well, what are your thoughts about Karrion Cross coming back? I like it. I always like the presentation of of that character. Mm-hmm. With Scarlet, you know, in yes. NXT, the uh, the dressing down by the smaller sized wrestlers was definitely a tough pill to swallow. Um, but you know, I think Hunter clearly has something invested in this guy to bring him back, mm-hmm. and I think can right those wrongs of of. Uh, and make him look strong again. It looks like, I mean, he's off to a good start. I feel like, you know, attacking of all people to attack, to attack Drew McIntyre, you know, in your, upon your return is a big deal because nobody attacks Drew McIntyre, you know, nobody picks a fight, actively picks a fight with that guy. And there he is night one return and, Blast him in the back of the head, and then staring down Roman afterwards. I like the touch. I like the bringing back the you know the sands of time clock. Mm-hmm. You know, starting the countdown. Um, could they position Roman at some point to be the face in that feud? Maybe that's why you bring him back. Because look. Let's let's be honest. They're getting a lot of cheers. They're getting a lot of recognition. Mm-hmm. You know, he, they don't boo him anymore when when he says, you know, insert city name, acknowledge me. You know, yes. they're acknowledging him. Yeah, you know? they're going hard. Yeah, I noticed that last night uh, on Thursday, on Friday as well. Right. You know, could this be the guy that they bring in to be the the new big bad? You know, if you don't want to go back to Brock Lesnar anymore and Brock Lesnar is over. So it's like, he's not, he's over with the crowd. So it's like, he can't be the, the heel in that, you know, in another feud with Roman Reigns, but it's fresh and it's, you know, it's somebody for everybody to, you know, to be on the lookout for. I agree. The only issue is, like I said, the lasting memory of him is getting barred up by a lot of five, <laughs> right. six dudes. So, yeah. What was that word you used? Uh, no, no, I'm kidding. I, I wouldn't set you up like that, my friend. By the by wrestling little people. Right. Yeah. So, I, we'll, we shall see. Um, but he has everything set up for him right now to, to pose a threat. 
Absolutely. I guess this is what they're going to have Drew McIntyre do for the next, what, four or five weeks? Yeah. Until uh, three weeks now, I think. Maybe four, yeah. Until uh, Clash at the Castle. Mm-hmm. Which is good. It's better than just having him like do promos against um, the Bloodline or, you know, what they had done back in the t- back in the day, every week he'd have like a one on one match with one of the Usos. Correct. So there's another championship I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, two, uh, both of the women's. What do you think about Liv Morgan right now? <sighs> well, she's still over. She's still over with the crowd. Mm-hmm. So. I think you gotta you gotta ride that until the wheels fall off. I mean, it's she's a fresh champion, you know. Still, do you think she leaves uh, Crooks and Castles with her belt? <laughs> Who is she facing? Um, is it Shayna? Yeah, Shayna Baylor. Um, that's a good question. Because you could definitely play the angle that Shayna's way more ruthless than Ronda. Mm-hmm. Way more ruthless and equally as dangerous as Ronda. And another question. Do you, are you as pissed off as other people seem to be about the fact that Liv tapped out at SummerSlam? Uh, people make that such a huge deal. And, you know, they did it at the uh, SmackDown where they were chanting, you tapped out to live. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, yeah, that's that was like one of the perfect ways to to have live win, but also show that she isn't really ready for this. Yeah, my issue with that is it doesn't it's not even doesn't even have to do with Rhonda and Liv, I mean, it goes back to what we talked about the last time, like we focused on wrestling was the issue with the refs, like the ref didn't catch it, you know, booking the refs to be incompetent, you know, that's, that's really my whole issue with that thing. You know, you can't, you can't anticipate that the crowd's going to turn on you like that, you know, and if, if it's a, if it's a permanent thing that they're going to not let her forget about it, then Maybe she's not as over as we thought. Maybe maybe it does open the door for Shayna to take over. Because it was crazy. They they chanted that you tapped out chat. But like later on, they were back to cheering Liv. Mm-hmm. It's a very confusing crowd. Like yeah. I don't know about you, but I felt like I kept hearing a buzzing noise the entire um the entire night. So here's the thing. I was all excited about, you know, watching the replay, watching everything that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, wasn't able to watch it live. Went to my DVR. It recorded SmackDown from Wednesday night, the replay of the go-home show for SummerSlam. <laughs> so it didn't record. <laughs> I know you opened up. You started watching DVR confused as hell. I, I, this morning, I was like, okay, I'm going to catch up. I know that, you know, Karrion Cross is back and uh, – I think I'd heard about the you tapped out chance, mm-hmm. but I hadn't seen it yet. And uh, 
I was like, okay, cool. We're going to, I finally got time to watch it. And next thing you know, it starts off. Uh, we start tonight with a, a Donnie Brook, Donnie Brook brawl between Sheamus and, and Drew McIntyre and the winner faces Roman at some, at a clash at the castle. And I was like, wait, didn't that happen last week? Did I go back in time? And I fast forwarded the whole episode to the very end to see if this, you know, the show ended with Roman and, uh, and Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre, but it wound up ending up with the New Day and the Viking Raiders. Oh, Lord. I said, hey, this is – something's missing here. When technology does you wrong. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know felt... about, of that buzz buzzing you're speaking of. No. I just feel like that was the way that it was always going to – like the finish at SummerSlam – between Liv and Ronda, I always felt like that's how it was always going to play out. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Liv was going to win, but it would be like a hokey win, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why people are so pissed off about it. But I've learned in wrestling that my opinion um like no matter what, there's always gonna be someone on the opposite end. Mm-hmm. So the other uh, championship I want to talk about: we are finally getting that damn women's tag team tournament. Yes, it only took oh what, three months, <laughs> right? Because Sasha and Noemi walked out what May, correct? Man, it feels like longer than that, but I think you're right. Yeah, so we're finally getting the Tag Team Championship tournament. Um, I want to see what the teams are, of course. Um, If you could book this, who would you have winning it? I think the early favorites favorites would probably be... uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka forming a team. Oh, that's the team you would like to see? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, that, I think they would be the early favorites. I mean, they already hinted at them teaming up and they're helping out uh, Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what so about- my, my, honestly, my top three Picks would mm-hmm. be the t- a team of Oscar and Alexa Bliss, the team of Io Sky and Dakota Kai. Yes, and the wild card, in my opinion, I think it could still happen. Could we might could see the return of Sasha and Naomi and take back their titles until until the title pictures are more clear for Naomi for Sasha to step in to either face Bianca Belair or Bailey or Liv Morgan, you know, sometime down the line. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get that Bianca Belair Bailey match that we should got like last year, I think, no, two years ago. Trying to think of time is a circle, it never ends. But yeah, it was uh Sasha Bianca Belair. Uh, no, 
it was Bailey and Sansa and Bianca Belair and Bailey got injured. That's why we didn't see that match before. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably going to be at um, Clash at the Castle. And like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, EO Sky and Dakota Kai winning the uh, tag team championships. Right. And, and then, like, they went over there across the pond. They come back, and their first challengers are Sasha and Noah. No, Sasha and Noemi. No, nope. <laughs> this is it's back. I said it right like three times, and here we go. Noemi. Nope. Okay. Look at your chat. No, I'm not looking at the chat. I'm not even saying it. I'm moving on. <laughs> anyway, that's my, that's my hope. Naomi. Naomi. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to their being them being the challengers uh, as their return. That would be awesome too. Let's get your title back. Uh, you know what? You know, mm-hmm. I think maybe to to really. Uh, uh, guarantee a, a giant pop mm-hmm. why not bring them back at the conclusion of that title match at clash of the castle sure you're taking some spotlight off of the winners you know if it's eo sky and dakota kai but they're not i mean as surprising as it was for them to return right mm-hmm. at SummerSlam, they're still not big draws big names you know, it was a nice surprise that, and, and it's cool to see them like in this faction. But if you were to to bring back Sasha and Naomi at that soccer stadium or mm-hmm. wherever they're at in the UK, first time they've been back in the UK for a, a, a pay-per-view or whatever they're calling it, you know, in premium live event, premium stuff. live event in thirty years. That would garner a, a giant pop, mm-hmm. and that would give those UK fans something to to remember. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm picking up what you're putting down, good stuff. <laughs> Have you been watching AEW at all? Um. Not really. A little bit here and there. I, I, uh, I didn't. Know, I was gonna ask your thoughts on the Jonathan Gresham situation because I know he's he's married to Jordan Jordan Grace. Yeah. I know you you follow her on on social media. Damn! Stop blowing up my spot, huh? What we all do? <laughs> Why you gotta point me out? You do as well, sir. Because said we follow her, but no, man. Well, where do you think I found it? <laughs> where do you think I found her? Gonna have Dr. Umar asking me questions I don't want to answer. <laughs> God damn. Um, so explain to the people the whole situation, if you would. So Jonathan Gresham was the Ring of Honor champion. Uh, this is now a month ago, it feels like. Um, you know, Ring of Honor had been in limbo because they went out of business. Basically went out, I mean, let's just call it as they went out of business last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to try and you know, have a couple of shows to continue to honor the remaining contracts they had. And then after a certain date, I forgot what date that was, they um, 
that was it. And so Tony Khan, of course, you know, saved the day, jumped in, bought Ring of Honor. He pulled a Vincent Man, bought Ring of Honor, and uh, is now integrating, you know, that company with, with his company and while keeping them separate and booked Claudio Castagnoli in his first big match uh, to challenge the uh, Jonathan Gresham for the ROH title. And Gresham, to his credit, did the job, you know, did good business, put Cesaro, or not Cesaro, Claudio over, and Claudio Castagnoli is now, for the past few weeks, he's now your new Ring of Honor champion. But the reports are that Gresham was not happy about it, said so, said as much to Tony Khan, cursed him out, but with some reports, I don't know how accurate it was, mm-hmm. um, and frankly asked for his release out of his contract and that he was done with wrestling for a while. So, you know, it was a, it was a big story for a, at least a week. But it seems to maybe cooler heads have prevailed. I don't know exactly what is going on with that situation. I don't think anyone does right now. I mean, two mm-hmm. days ago, Jordan uh, came out and said there's a possibility of Jonathan joining Impact. Mm-hmm. My thing with um, Jonathan Gresham is you can he's only so believable as champion because he's five foot four like that's not i I was waiting for you to say it because that's not his fault that's nothing he can change or anything but like if we're out here watching a wrestling match and you see jonathan gresham come out and then you see roman reigns come out like the size disparity just it's it just stands out. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can say, oh, he's a great wrestler. He, he technically he can do this, that, and the third, but there, there's got to be some believability in your sport. Right. Like, I can't, I can't believe that your ch- champion is going to be this guy, this short guy who out wrestles every guy in the business over and over again. So yeah, I I totally understand the booking decision for him to drop the belt. I can understand him being pissed off because you know he's been the champion of this defunct uh, company for what three four months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand what everyone being pissed like him being pissed off and everything. But if you're coming to AEW. What's better to say? If you're coming to AEW and you're not a WWE guy, a former WWE guy, you're a lower on the um on the totem pole. Yeah, like it's been over three years now. We all see it. If you're coming from WWE, you're getting the high spots on the card, mm-hmm. even higher than some of the. You know, some of the guys who've been called the pillar of AEW, guys and gals have been there since day one. Those people are still not, they still haven't advanced. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, can talk, I can talk shit about the women's division all day. It's basically Britt Baker and who else? 
the they champion is Thunder Rosa. They had um, their match, I think, last night, the Battle at the Belts. It was Thunder Rosa versus... I don't remember. Let me look that up right now. Thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, Jamie Hater. Mm-hmm. So Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hater. And I saw, I'm reading up on it on K-Side Seats, and the entire article is just about Britt Baker interfering. Yeah. It's like, even when she's not champion, she's the biggest story in the women's division. Like they brought in Tony Storm. What's she been doing? They brought in Athena, uh, formerly known as Ember Moon. Where's she been? Mm-hmm. Like they have talent in the women division. They just don't give a shit because Tony Khan doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, and, and they're hanging on to uh, Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's been featured a little more, but. How much longer until, uh, you know, she falls by the wayside? They got these people on Dark and Evolution, all that, and they just don't show up when they. But um, I forgot what was what was the main point again? Uh, the Jonathan it? Gresham issue. All right, so yeah. Oh, like I said, if you're not a former WWE guy, as far well, when it comes to the men's division, you you're just kind of there. You're there right. for someone else. And all of a sudden, WWE isn't looking so bad going back to. Oh, yeah. That's the biggest problem that AEW is going to have right now. If Triple H comes in and changes the booking and makes it more the like everything, like if it's hitting on all cylinders again, like it did back in the day. You're going to have a lot of AEW guys taking a, cl- a closer look at switching over. Yeah, I mean... But there were a lot of AEW fans throwing like throwing celebration when Vince decided to step down. Shit may not be as sweet when you see what Triple H does with the product. Because all of a sudden, the company just got younger. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at an article on Wrestling Inc. right now. And all those people who didn't get a chance before are getting their chances now. Mm-hmm. Karrion Cross, Champa, Dakota Kai, Dakota Kai, EO Sky. Mm-hmm. Ali, he was one of the, the six competitors in the uh, United States Elimination yeah. Uh, Tournament. Yeah, and Ricochet also got a win against Happy Corbin on um, a Friday Night SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be a lot of people that were misused before that are going to get the opportunity. And there are going to be people over there at AEW that are like, hey, I'm not getting any burn here. It looks like they know what to do with people over there. So mm-hmm. why don't I give it a shot? Yeah, I'll change my name to go over there and you know, ho- hopefully have something done well for me. But honestly, I think Grisham just has to understand like he is not he's not gonna be the focal point in Ring of Honor now. I'm sorry to say, like, congratulations. Thank you for being the thank you for being there 
boiling company during the darkest times, but you're just not that guy, man. I'm sorry. If you were if you were six, seven inches taller, we could talk. Yeah. And uh I mean, like I said, I'm looking at a uh wrestling ink article mm-hmm. right now that uh, Miro seems to be unhappy with his position in AEW. Now, he's kind of screwed because he just signed a four-year deal. We talked about this before. I, I asked you before, who, what wrestler has moved from WWE to AEW and actually gone up in stature? It's basically uh, the Revival and Moxley. And I even push back on Moxie because he's been world champion before. Mm. Oh, oh, okay. Like a non-world champion in WWE? Like you go from job, like the levels, from jobber to established wrestler, from established wrestler up to mid-card, mid-card up to top of promotion, top of promotion to superstar. Like out of those mm. ranks, who has moved up? Like... Jonathan Moxley, he was all, I feel like he was already a superstar before he came over to AEW. And yeah. the revival, I felt like they were top tier and now they become superstars in AEW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone in AEW has the same playbook. They leave WWE, they complain on Jericho's podcast about how they were treated wrong, and then they're treated <laughs> the exact same way over in AEW. Well, there's only four. It's the Revival. It's Claudio. Because he's now champion. Uh, he's... Is being champion of Ring of Honor, what's that worth in WWE terms? What's that like? The Intercontinental Championship? Kind of at this point, I guess. And then there's also uh, Luchasaurus. He was in WWE. He was in NXT, and he was not. I mean, he was barely utilized. I mean, he was one of these guys that got cut pretty early. Hmm. And then he signed on with uh, with AEW and created this new gimmick. All right, I'll let you have that one. But that's it. That's not a lot. I mean, that's only three guys if you're not counting Claudio. Like, that means there is really no incentive to jump ship either way or to jump ship from WWE. I mean, you can jump ship. You have, you're free to do it. It's just the grass is not always greener. Right. I think that's the lesson people are learning with AEW. It really seems like Bray Wyatt has made the best decision in not jumping anywhere, like mm-hmm. just staying out of it. Just like, you know, I got money. I have some money I can sit on. I don't need to work right now. Let's see how this all plays out. And it looks like, you know, could be the best thing for him. He could very well go back to WWE. Yeah, because all the rumors from the dirt sheet said that his problem wasn't with the WWE. It's mostly a problem with Vince. Yeah. So he might come out ahead of out of everything. But like I said, we... We're just talking about all these guys say, "Oh, I'm I, AEW can will treat me better. WWE doesn't know how to book me, blah blah blah." And then 
where are they? YouTube. Yeah, Sean Spears, where are you right now? Well, <laughs> well, to hit to 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 to, to AEW's defense, they tried, <laughs> and it's just clear the guy could not get over. Exactly. They, they called that man the chairman. Exactly. And that was by accident. That dude, he's he's not that he ain't got it. And that's okay. It. That's okay. Everyone can't be a fucking superstar. The sad thing is his his Ty Dillinger 10 count character was more over. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has this dream. Like, like I understand everyone has a dream, like, I'm gonna be a champion, I'm gonna main event WrestleMania and stuff like that. But it's like Matt Cardona. Yeah, like everyone. Everyone can't reach a pinnacle. Everyone can't be special because everyone's special. No one's special. There's no mid card if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, there's got to be a mid card. There's got to be curtain Yeah. And I'm sorry, it has to be you, but that's just how it's going. Yeah. But I think what's going to happen with Gresham? He's if he gets his release, he'll take some time out and end up on the impact. I just, I don't see any, I don't think he's going to be WWE. No. I don't see him making any impact anywhere. Bravo. Hey. That pun, bravo. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. It just like WWE is better with short wrestlers now than they ever been before, but still, they have a limit, mm-hmm. and five four is be- uh, beneath that limit. I'm sorry. Yeah, Ray isn't even five four. Mm-hmm. Ray's taller than that. So yeah, that's why I think gonna happen. He's gonna get released. He's gonna head to Impact or some other. Um, smaller wrestling company. Mm-hmm. And it's got to happen because um, what's the name? Tony Khan made a big deal talking about if people want to be released, he'd release them. Wouldn't be like WWE and keep people on the contract and they didn't want to be there. So once again, it's one of those things where he's going to put his money where his mouth is. Would uh would Miro would Miro be your the guy you'd want to see come back from AEW like that are currently on the AEW roster? AEW, you know, let me look at the roster real quick because he's definitely up there. You're talking about people who we're just saying people who were in WWE. Like right. Not- so people who were floundering in WWE go to AEW and are once again still floundering in AEW. <laughs> uh well, of course, I think the number one person I would like to see back in WWE is Keith Lee. Of course, yeah. But you know what? He seems to be happy with, with his position right now. Mm-hmm. He's already champion, you know, a, a champion again. I mean, he was NXT champion and North American champion. But, you know, it's not – AEW is not developmental. You know, it's still the, it's still a, the big show for them. Um, I think okay. So Keith Lee's number one, mm-hmm. Miro two, and then three would have to be uh, Moxley. Mm-hmm. 
That's fair. I think that's, I think it's perfect. I'm trying to look at the women's. Man, I still like Tony Storm. Yeah. I wish she had stayed, but I understand why she didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're probably never going to get the real reason why she went out. But, you know, you don't want to be somewhere. If you're not fulfilled, you should be allowed to, to leave. Especially something like wrestling where you having a bad day or not paying attention can end up hurting or paralyzing one of your uh, co-workers. Right. Oh, this is one thing I want to talk about AEW. Why do they have so many fucking belts? Because <laughs> they have a bloated roster. They got and on the women's side, they got the women's championship, the TBS championship, also the ROH women's championship. <laughs> And then on the men's side, let's see what, what all they got. Of course, there's the um, the world championship, mm-hmm. which is currently split between two men. Right. The TNT championship. The uh, FTW championship. Mm-hmm. They just had a new championship as well. What was it? The... Uh... The Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, the Mid-Atlantic Championship. They got the the Tag Team Championship. And now they're bringing trio championships. Yeah. It's like, how many goddamn belts do we need? There's too many. It's just, oh, man. It's, just, it's just too many too fast, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I know it's a separate show, but all the Ring of Iron championships as well. Yeah, I, I don't even know how many there are for that. Um, I'm looking on the men's side. It's got the Ring of Honor World Champion, the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, and the Ring of Honor Pure Champion. Come on, Wikipedia right now. They don't even have that other, um, (laughs) what, the Mid-Atlantic? Is that what it's called? Something like that. It's a crazy in uh, championships. Mm-hmm. Anything else wrestling related, my friend? No, I think I think that's it. I mean, it's it's still. Um, I, I like um, the direction things are going right now with WWE. Like, it seems like things are, you know, it's, it's not going to get, they're not going to get it all right, right away. 
All Atlantic Championship. All Atlantic. There we go. Um, but it looks like you know things are you know looking good. Things are looking up for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's finish off with a little baseball talk. Mm-hmm. Trade deadline just passed. How do you feel about the Astros' move, man? Traded for Trey Mancini, um, Will Smith, and what's the catcher's name? Christian Vasquez. Christian Vasquez. Thank you. So far, I would say that it's um, individually for each. I would I would say it's been an A for the team. Like for like it's weird like. If you look at their individual stats, then what the team did, you give them an A for what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, as with any any team that goes through a roster change, um, it's not surprising when a team loses a few games that first week out, which we just saw. Like we're recording on Sunday, the Astros lost one to nothing to the Cleveland Guardians. After, after I was her. just about to jump in and get a name. I was like, oh no, don't pull a racist. Right. So they split the series with, with them this weekend. And uh, yeah, you know, the, the team is still kind of, uh, and they, they, what, they lost two out of three against the Red Sox last week. Mm-hmm. So it was a rough week for the team overall. Uh, but hopefully, things will kind of reset with all these guys. But so far, I'm liking what I've seen, what I'm seeing. Mancini has been launching him out of, out of the park since he joined. Smith has looked good in the bullpen, doing cleanup work in the ninth and just at different middle innings that he's been assigned. And Vasquez is the only one that is the least, um, the least eye-popping, I guess, because he's not getting regular playing time. Mm-hmm. And, that and might that's be, just how it's going to be. Yeah, that just might be a function of like a combination of they trust um, Machete. Yeah. And also like it's a learning curve to lear- learn a completely new pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having an established catcher like Martin Maldonado probably could help, will probably help Vasquez in the long run. Mm-hmm. In the, the long run of the rest of the season because uh, he doesn't have to learn everybody right away. You know, he can kind of take his time figuring out, you know, we're developing relationships with maybe one or two pitchers instead of the f- a full staff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I like what we've, I, I, I think that the team picked up some really nice pieces for the rest of the season. Yeah, they upgraded I, I offensively for sure. Yeah, they gave some, you know, they gave themselves some bullpen depth, which is always good. Mm-hmm. Finally, getting a lefty in the bullpen. Yeah, and they're only going to get stronger when Lance McCullers returns. Yeah, essentially, I think he had he's starting today or tomorrow for AAA. Um, oh, it is today. Okay. I saw um, Forrest Whitley pitched the, the other day. Like, yes, he still lives. 
And I would say a B plus actually, just because Vasquez hasn't been consistent with his playing time, which then turn, you know, affects his consistency at the plate. So I would say B plus. I probably would still say A because that's not his fault. Yeah. I mean, he was playing every day and he wasn't doing well. Then I guess I feel like you could make a, a better case for that. But he hasn't had the playing time. And it's only he's on how many games has he started with two? I think two or three. Yeah, probably two. Yeah. Feels like. If we had to um judge every MLB player over two games, there would <laughs> like the transaction list would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Like so I'm not that worried. I, I give the whole trade deadline actual went through, I give an A. Um, I didn't see the trade Man City trade happening at all. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought they were 100 percent in on Josh Bell, but you know I like Mancini. I like what he brings to the team. Um, I wonder if he's going to be first base exclusive. Yeah, I mean I, I don't because when you have a ch- choice between him and. Um, Jordan in the outfield, and you put Jordan in left field. <laughs> right. What does yeah. that say? What does yeah. that tell you? And also, I just I don't know if we're getting um, uh, Brantley back this season. Doesn't look like it. Because every report that comes out um, – says the same thing. It's like, oh, there hasn't been any progress. It's the same old, same old. We're just waiting. For... But it's like, you're running out of time. We got less than two months before the season ends. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm always a prove me wrong kids thing. Mm-hmm. You know, guy. Prove me wrong kids. And, you know, we've talked about it throughout the season. I was not a big fan of Jordan being in the outfield. Like, let him focus on hitting. What is going on? But I'm the first to admit, like, it's worked out. I mean, he's fine in the outfield. He's got a good arm. You know, he knows how to catch the ball and read the ball when it's hit towards him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't made it. I don't think he's made, like, too many errors or, you know, balls getting by him, you know, on singles and things like that. And it hasn't affected his approach at the plate. Like, he's still one of the best hitters. In baseball, mm-hmm. yeah, the only problem was when he, him and Pena ran into each other. Oh, okay, that's true. That is that's one. But even then, I still wasn't like, okay, get him off the field, mm-hmm. DH only. But the guy's an athlete. The guy's a, a major league baseball player, man, and he can play the field and he mashes at the plate. And man, you can't ask for much better than that. Yeah, that's why I'm really confident in this team. I'm not really worried about them having this bad week. Every team has it. Yeah, uh, and they I finally st- get a day off on Monday. Yeah, I still think they're the best team in the American League, no matter what ESPN says. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I was reading. That's ESPN. They're always going to find a way. Like, it's the same thing with the ESPN and um, the Athletic and everyone like, like after the trade trade deadline, you know, everyone has their grades 
And like for the New York Yankees, this is um, ESPN piece written by Bradford Doolittle. Like they talk about how the New York Yankees are a front page story and the headline says, can anyone catch them now? And I'm like, <laughs> y'all do watch the games, right? <laughs> you don't even need to watch the games. You just look at the box scores. Like we talk Seven about to zero. Yeah, we talk about the Astros losing today. Right now, the um the Yankees are losing to the Cardinals in the eighth inning, nine to eight. If the Yankees lose again, they're only half a game ahead of Houston. Mm-hmm. And the Astros have had their number the entire regular season. And yeah, you can sit here and say, oh, it's regular season, it doesn't matter, this that third. But I don't think you can say that with a team that hasn't beating the Astros in the playoffs going back since 2015. Yeah. I'll tell you one other thing. I think that the Yankees want home field advantage for the Astros. If they meet in in the uh, championship series, I don't Um, think that, I don't think the Astros care at all if they get it or not. They clearly are fine with wherever they're playing. Yeah. It's like, if we get that one seed, that's great. But we only get the two, and we have to go to New York to play. That's fine. We can beat them there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Houston is not – it's it's marginal, the difference, the, the home road splits. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of- – 17 at Minute Maid and 36 and 23 on the road. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have just they they watched the beginning of the season and have that in their heads that that's what the Yankees are going to be the entire year, and that's like that's not what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and that's not what has happened. I mean, the Astros are basically caught up to them. Yeah, and like I'm on Fangraphs right now, and they do the pre- predictions or um, projected sorry projected wins at the end of the season. They have the Yankees projected to win 100 games, and they have the Astros projected to win 102. And those projections, they predict everything between, you know, the Astros and all the teams are going to be taken on and record-wise and everything. So I don't know why people just expect the Yankees to just just like go on this run and be undefeated, unstoppable throughout the playoffs. Right. If anything, they should be talking about how the Yankees machine has slowed down. Since they got beat by the Astros. Yeah. Like they were playing on a level that's completely unsustainable and mm-hmm. they've come back down to earth. Meanwhile, the Astros have basically been say, playing at the same level for two months now. Yeah. Yeah. This might come back to, to bias later, but I, I just don't like I have no fear of the Yankees. Like if they if they beat the ass, so I'm like, all right, fine, y'all deserve congratulations. But I'm not going in there like into a playoff scared of them, you know. They're they have uh shown me nothing to be scared of at this up to this point. I mean, all the games that the Astros Yankee played, the only thing I came away with is like, oh, so 
thank God, if you're Yankees fans, like, thank God we have Aaron Judge. Right. Because if, like I said, if Lance McCullough, when Lance McCullough's come back and he he's at the level that he was last year, that's a wrap. Like, tell me who, what pitcher on the Yankees staff that you're definitely afraid of? Mm-hmm. One of their guys they got rid of, Jordan Montgomery. Like he mm-hmm. was having a pretty good season. Like, I don't even know. Their fifth starter, I believe, is um, Louis, uh, Luis Serrano. And he's he might not come back. Yeah, that's who he's they're dealing projecting. with a lot issue. Mm-hmm. So right now, their four will be Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Michael King, and uh, Jameson Talion. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, they're all good pitchers, but it's not like I'm shaking in my boots when I'm watching them take on the Astros. Not one bit at this point. Mm-hmm. No, not anymore. <sighs> um, you want to talk about Juan Soto real quick? Sure. Can we talk about how the Nationals won a World Series three years ago and have turned into nothing? Well, like I know fly, flags fly forever, but goddamn. To their credit, at least at least they took longer than the now Miami, but former Florida Marlins did. They won a World Series and then the next year they were Imme- done. Immediately they, they tore it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at least they were able to hold on for three years. But um, yeah, man, that's that's quite a fall from grace, to be honest. And the the crazy thing for me, like they didn't need to trade up. They still had two years. (laughs) Like you still had time to prove that you could build a winner around the guy. And like, you better hope these these kids, these prospects you got, and they turn out to be superstars. Because mm-hmm. I think fans get too prospect happy. And I saw that saw that with like, oh, we can't trade away our four best players for Juan Soto, our four best prospects for Juan Soto. I'm like, you pray to whatever God you believe in that one of your guys turn out to be half as good as Juan Soto is. And you have a chance to get the second coming of Ted Williams at 23 years old for not only this playoff run, but two more. Like, how much more scared would you be of the Mariners if they had gotten Soto? It, man... I'd be very interesting. I would be pretty. I'd be paying attention more mm-hmm. to the Mariners. Now, I don't think the Mariners could have done it because they gave up some, like, I think some of their bigger prospects to get uh, Juan Castillo. 
So I don't think that was possible. But still, I'm at, right. what if the Yankees have finally decided enough is enough? Let's be the Yankees again and trade away one of their young um, shortstops to get them. And you're sitting up and you're paying attention again. Exactly. Then you're like, okay, well, now this shit's different. And that was the trade I was thinking of, the the Castillo trade for the mm. Mariners. I don't think you give up your two of your top four prospects for Castillo, but do you do it for Juan Soto? Of course. In a heartbeat. I mean, I would have done it. If the Astros had had the draft picks, I'd, I would have been yelling and screaming for them to do it. Yes. <laughs> so, if you're a Padres fan, you got to feel great because, yeah, I feel great for right now. They, they have a chance to make a run at the World Series. Mm-hmm. And sure, the bill is going to come due eventually, but shit. You only have so many opportunities to win a championship. You got to take them while you can. Yeah. So after everything has gone down, who do you think is coming out of the uh, National League now? Oh, man. Um Out of the National League, man, it's still hard to go against the, the uh, Dodgers mm-hmm. just because they have such a big lead on San Diego. So that means they're playing – they're beating everybody at this point. I mean, I still think you got to consider the Dodgers and the Mets. Yeah, I think they're the two favorites. They're the only two teams in the National League projected to win over 100 games. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at that team that can just catch fire like the Braves did last year. It might be the Cardinals. They might have they might have summoned Lord Satan to get some of that Cardinals <laughs> devil magic back. I was I mean, I was thinking it. I was like if I'm going to pick a third team after the Mets and Dodgers I was like, San Diego is too, you know, it's the obvious pick. Mm-hmm. But even that's not guaranteed because it was, they. I mean, they just added to their offense, basically. They didn't do anything to bolster their pitching. They're as much of a difference as Soto is to the lineup. Um, but uh, St. Louis, I mean, they were wheeling and dealing. They added their pitching. They added to their offense. And also the Brewers, the trades they made were like trades for the future. And that's the only something that mm-hmm. could just kill their, their season now. Like, yeah, you got something that'll help you a year or two from now, but what about 2022? And the Brewers have been in the playoffs a couple of years now. I've never felt confident in their ability to make it past the first round. Yeah. Like, yeah, they can have the pitching all they want, but I I don't trust their ability to get 
to score more than three runs in a playoff game. <laughs> yeah. And both the Cardinals or Brewers, it looks they're going to be fighting for that um, that NL Central because it seems like that's the only way that either one of them is going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There can only be one mm-hmm. out of the NL Central. Yeah, because it looks like the wild card is going to be the Padres, the Braves, and the Phillies. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I, um, if I had to say right now which team I think makes it to the World Series for the National League, I'd probably go Mets right now. That's fair. I mean, they've got – their team feels more complete, to be honest. Like the Dodgers, <laughs> you know, once again, Clayton Kershaw. Is, you know, it's, it's the annual uh, Clayton Kershaw on the disabled list. It's that mm-hmm. wonderful time of the year. Where he's on the on the injured list again, um, their offensive stalwarts from the past few years, Turner and Muncie and Bellinger, are not hitting like we're used to seeing them hit. Like back in you know a few years back, um, so their offense could be, you know, could be an issue down the line. Mm-hmm. But the Mets seem to really be a more complete team at this at this moment. Because as great as as great of a story is um, that guy from the Dodgers, I, I don't know what his name, their their pitcher this year. Um, who was their who's their top pitcher right now? I, I don't even know. Oh let me look it up real quick. Oh it could be anybody. It could be you. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, mm-hmm. as great a story as that is, are you really going to pick him over Max Scherzer when it comes to big game situation? Do you really trust Clayton Kershaw in big game situations? No. Well, the, the question is, is Clayton Kershaw even going to make it to the big game situation? Mm-hmm. And oh, okay, the Mets, uh, Degrom is back with the Mets. Yeah. So, yeah, they they look like they're firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and the only time Clayton Kershaw stayed injured, stayed injury free for the entire season was the sixty-six game season that we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So y'all feel comfortable about him if y'all want? I don't know. <laughs> no. That's my choice for the National League right now. And I guess we're both picking the Astros in the American League. Oh, yeah. Mm. But I still stay with my same prediction. Everyone's sitting there talking about, oh, we're going to get the Astros and the Yankees and the Championship Series. And I'm like, it feels like something's going to fuck that up for one of these teams. Hmm. If you had to make a revised pick, who would you who would you – make or are you going to stick with what you have what you picked I don't even remember what I picked what at the beginning of the season 
Yeah. Oh, at the beginning of the season, I definitely picked, I would say, Blue Jays and Mets. You know what? You give me a second. I can go look it up. Okay. Quick. I put it on the internet for everyone to laugh at us. Uh, who did you pick? World Series. You picked Astros and Dodgers. I picked Blue Jays and Mets. So I, I guess I'd have the Blue Jays upending the Yankees. You're going to have to. Mm-hmm. You want to look at some of – you want to talk about some of our um, Cy Young MVP picks? Sure. Let's see. Nationally, you had – for the Cy Young, you had Corbin Burns. Oof. I don't think he's as dominant as he was last season. We're definitely going to have to do this like at the end of the season where you, me, and Daniel talking about this. Yeah. I, think, I think all of us were terrible at this. You had Carl- I don't think anybody expected Justin Verlander to be as good as he was this year. <laughs> I did say an it would be an Astros picture. I just picked the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back. Uh, you said Burns, and I said Bueller. It's a Dodger who's the leader, leading candidate. Oh, which one? Tony Gonsolin. Oh, really? He's thirteen and one. Oh. I'm on fan graphs. They do not go by win total. Over here on fan graphs, the top five NL pitchers. Carlos Rodon, Max Freed, Sandy Al- Alcantara, Aaron Nola, and Zach Wheeler. Corbin Burns is six. Huh. Burns is six. Who did I pick? Bueller. I just saw him. Bueller may not have any innings. And who did Daniel pick? Daniel picked Max Scherzer. I'm looking at Gonsolin because he is ranked number one with wins. He's tied for number one wins. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I'm looking at the overall stat line. He's 13-1, and 230 ERA, .89 whip. Um. You know, those are just kind of the basic stats that that are provided right now, but mm-hmm. it's a pretty good stat line. Let's see, let's go to American League. You picked Kevin Gosman. I picked Luis Garcia. Daniel picked Lucas Giolito. Who's doing the best there? It's definitely not me. <laughs> who did you pick again uh luis garcia oh wow uh looks like on fan grabs the number one picture is kevin gosman really mm-hmm. over verlander yep remember fan grabs 
it does not go by win loss or anything or ERA. It goes by the underlying numbers like K per nine, walk per nine, hits, home runs, all that stuff given up. Let's see. Gosman has Verlander beat in K per nine mm-hmm. by almost two strikeouts. His war is 1.9. Verlander's is 4.1. Gosman has a 1-2-4 whip. Verlander, 0.85. Gosman only has five more strikeouts and three le- three fewer walks than Verlander. Oh, I'm like, look at why is his K per nine so much higher? Because Gosman's only pitched 111 innings. Verlander's mm-hmm. hit pitch 130, 130. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you these last you know, one last thing that one thing that helps Verlander that hurts Gosman is the defense they pitch in front of. Mm-hmm. Because Verlander's ERA one point seven three. Uh, Kiermaier, uh, sorry, Gosman is just a touch over three. If, if you look at their FIP, it, yeah, it's a completely different story. <laughs> it's like Verlander just pitches in front of a better defensive team than mm-hmm. Gosman does. They've both had 20 starts. Mm-hmm. Verlander has 16 quality starts, Gosman 11. Verlander has allowed 13 fewer runs in, what, 19 more innings? Yeah, I wouldn't be, it's probably Verlander's um, Cy Young to lose right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to National League MVP. Who'd you pick? Freddie Freeman. I picked Ronald Acuna Jr. Daniel picked Juan Soto. I'm pretty sure you're winning in this right here. Who did I pick? Freeman. Freeman. Mm-hmm. Could be, yeah. Yeah, he's top three right now. Fangraphs, war chart. It's like you're gonna be winning these awards over here, buddy. Congratulations. <laughs> Finally. And then American League. I mean, it's probably going to be Judge just because mm-hmm. everybody loves Aaron Judge. Yeah, you pick Mike Trout. I pick uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Daniel picked Shohei Otani. And uh, uh, the three of us, Daniel's winning that one. It's probably going to be Judge, but Otani is the only other uh, out of the three that we picked. Otani is the only one close to that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Jose Altuve is six in Fangrass War. I didn't realize he was having such a good year. Oh, he's back up to 280. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just a little tired. Anything else, my friend? That's all I've up. got. All right. Good talking about the smorgasbord of stuff happening around here. We covered it all, it looks like. Yeah.
And thank God I remember hit record because it's been a while. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right, we'll get out of here. We'll give you a nice long podcast for uh for this Monday. Um, Anthony, it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Always. I'm gonna get off this podcast and go fire up this barbecue. Man, enjoy it. Sounds uh, good. Sounds delicious. Yeah, you know, it will be. Uh, thank you all for listening, download, sharing. We appreciate it. And we shall be back later on. For Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later.